Good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 563 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for Sunday, June 7th, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Zoom's plans are out of focus. Epic Games is shining a light on mobile stores. And Google users are in the dark. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, on our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Mixer, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, on the radio or on our website, pluckitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are three ways that you can do that. You can join us live on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. The second way is if you're in the New York area or you want to listen online, uh, you can go to 88.1 WMLD radio uh, on Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. And of course, you can always subscribe at pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilchpoint, Plug It's Live Presents, and more. And of course, find all the ways that you can watch or listen. Um, obviously, for our regulars, you'll know that we were off last week. Um, in in the same vein as as uh, as Google and Sam, uh, Sony, uh, we kind of decided that it last week would be a good one to for not our brand of uh goofy i think <laughs> abram and i tend to be goofy yeah and it, it seemed it seemed appropriate yeah. not to not to bring yeah, our no, goofiness <laughs> yeah no no question i mean it's uh there's very serious things happening right now uh particularly particularly here in the united states i see here in the united states for our international but mm-hmm. possibly international viewers uh so you know, this week at Tom's Hardware, we, you know, did something that uh, in my time we've never done, which is we, you know, we all sat down together as an editorial team and we put out an article about how people could could help uh, with a situation and, and things that we've donated to, um, uh, you know, individually. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a there's a lot of really serious things going on in the world that are obviously more important than uh, new new product launches and, and things like that. Um, but um, obviously there's uh, there's a lot in technology uh, there's a lot in technology to talk about and there um, are things. You know, I think uh, we certainly have an article right up on now on Tom's Hardware.com homepage that uh, gives people some resources where they can uh, they can learn more about, um, you know, history of discrimination in the United States and how they can uh, be part of the solution. Um, so it has it is ha- is and has been uh, a very serious time with things that are uh, more more important than tech news. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and on our side, uh, we didn't write or publish anything, but this week, uh, with our relationship with the Drew project, um, on Wednesday, uh, 
Wednesday afternoon, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, we will be doing a, uh, a live conversation between our vice president, Brandon, and uh, the YouTuber Kingsley, who is a uh, I've I've been watching his stuff. Uh, he's a he's a cool guy. So they're going to talk about uh, kind of the same same topics, you know, discrimination and things like that. And it's going to be a, a really interesting uh, thing. Uh, it'll be available on Facebook. If you're watching us on Mixer or Twitch on our channel, uh, it'll be there as well. Um, so uh, the Drew Project uh, on Facebook is the best way to find that. And then if you're having, you know, if if you're in a weird mental place right now, um, on Thursday uh, evening, we have a mental health uh, chat, which will be good too. So, you can, and again, if you're on Mixer or Twitch, it'll be here. Uh, otherwise, it'll be on Facebook on the Drew Project. So, um, with that, let's let's get <laughs> back to a little bit more normal us. Uh, uh, I'm really excited to announce that uh, tomorrow I will be uh, receiving the new Monster Illuminescence product. Uh, so if you. <laughs> If you guys have been following that drama on our YouTube channel, um, the the first generation products, like what I'm holding here in my hand, uh, are about to be replaced with a whole new line of cool stuff that's going to have uh, smartphone interaction and you know, all kinds of you know they're they're a smart product instead of just a remote control product and. Uh, they're made by a different company, so hopefully we won't deal with the defect issues. Um, so I'm really excited to get those. Uh, I have no idea what's coming. <laughs> I just know I have a case of products from the new line coming. I'm so excited to see them in action because we saw we saw them kind of passive during our interview at CES, uh, and now we're ready to see them in action. So I'm super excited about that. That's what my week's going to be. I. I would, yeah. I mean, I would like to get some more colorful lights around here. Um, so I got, uh, you know, we'll get into this in in my segment later. But obviously, lots of uh, continue to have lots of Raspberry Pi stuff going on. Uh, I also have this keyboard here that I'm uh, that I just got that I'm reviewing. This is the Lenovo uh, TrackPoint Two wireless keyboard. Uh, so if like me, you you like you really really like having a track point, uh, you can have it on this wireless keyboard, which is both Bluetooth and 2.4 gigahertz, uh, yeah. and I believe it also will do Type C wireless. It charges over Type C, okay. uh, so you can um, you know what it, this could be really cool for. And I got to try this is switching back and forth between different computers that you have on your desk, because if you can switch uh, quickly, I think there's also maybe a couple of Bluetooth profiles. If you can switch quickly between profiles, that means, okay, I got my Raspberry Pi over here. I've got another PC over there. I've got this PC over there. And rather than having to go to different keyboards or plug mm -hmm. and unplug, if you could easily switch back and forth, um, that that could be good. Now, obviously, for sure, um, this is not. Yes. Yeah, oh, sorry, that's my daughter. Anyway, uh, obviously, this is not um, a replacement for um, 
like a mechanical keyboard. Sure. It, you know, it's got the ThinkPad feel, which among uh, laptops is, you know, about as good as it gets. But, you know, on, on your desktop, obviously mechanical keyboard is, is better, but this would be probably be an excellent media keyboard um, and, and good for things like, uh, you know, when you're working on projects or things like Raspberry Pi where space on your desk and elsewhere is at a premium or you want to work on your lap. Um, so um, I'm really, I saw this, this was shown first at CES and I was really excited to uh, to check it out and I just got it in the mail. So uh, I'm really eager to play with it. And as I believe I mentioned on a prior episode, um, I still have, although now I've received most of them, uh, a bunch of GAN chargers, like the really small chargers uh, to, to test. Uh, I've gotten almost all the ones that I asked for, including the new um, the new Aki one that's 61 watts that is probably the smallest on the market um, right now. So I'm really eager to uh, to try those out and actually run at real power tests on them. I have a load tester, which you recommended um, that I have to, to mess with. It's just been a long couple of weeks, so I haven't gotten to, to set up and do all those tests, and I was waiting for everything to come in. But um, and astute, astute longtime viewers will notice that I have a new microphone this week. Well, they uh, they won't yet because it's actually out of frame. Oh, but they will during oh, during the pilch oh, okay. point. They'll, they'll see okay, it during well, the pilch you know point. What? They'll notice <laughs> they'll notice that they that the one that I normally had was not in front of me. So there's that. Yes. Right. Uh, and it's. Uh, uh, on your recommendation, I got the Neat Microphones Becaster uh, mic. Uh, wait, the, you have the, no, right, you have the, the USB the USB version of this mic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I so now we're on the same. Now you know we are representing for all Pittsburgh Steelers fans <laughs> everywhere. Um, although I'm not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but still. Our microphones are, are representing because they're black and yellow. Or um, or uh, AKG if you're a, a pro audio fan. <laughs> the black but, and yellow but, is off of the AKG uh, pro audio stuff. But uh, you know, it sounds it's it sounds really good. It looks really unique, um, and it has a feature that my previous Blue Yeti mic, which broke, uh, doesn't have, which is that. It, the USB cable plugs into the base and looking around, I think this is relevant to anybody who's thinking about buying an external mic or doing podcasting. The Yeti mics, like a lot of the other mics, uh, they have the USB connector in the base of the mic that moves. And so what happens is it take it, it breaks a lot. Yeah. And if it breaks uh, and you're out of warranty as, as mine is, then you're out of luck. Although there's there are several videos online of people like opening them up and soldering a new USB uh, port on, which I may try just for the heck of it. But um, I'm really glad to have a microphone that has a a base, and then the USB wire plugs into the base rather than plugging into part of the microphone that is moving and jostling. So, um, so anyway, uh, that's what's new in my tech world. <laughs> well. Uh, I'm really happy. the The sound quality is fantastic, and I'm I'm 
it makes me happy. <laughs> um, but I guess with that, let's get down to tech, some tech news for tonight. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a laptop, a tablet, um, a VR headset, uh, Samsung phones, games, uh, an Xbox, you can find it all at the Microsoft Store. Uh, and like I said, it's not just Microsoft stuff. There's all kinds of stuff from partners like Samsung and HP uh, and, and a whole lot more. And if you're a student or a military, you get a discount on almost all of the products. And you can find out about all of that and all the deals that are going on right now by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So we've talked a couple of times <laughs> uh, since the lockdown started about uh, Zoom because more and more people are learning about Zoom and uh, encountering the issues that many of us have known about for a long time. Um, and while the company hasn't entirely necessarily addressed uh, some of its biggest problems, um, it has announced that it is working to kind of shore up the backside of it. They announced that they were going to do end-to-end -end encryption uh, for meetings, which is a really cool idea. We're seeing encrypted you know, messaging and chatting kind of becoming the normal uh, across the industry. So it's not terribly surprising to see something like this. But uh, they did announce that only paid users were going to get the capability, which is fine. You know, it's we we're used to in the tech field, you know, having much demanded features uh, be for the paid subscribers. Uh, but what we're not really used to is a feature like this being hidden behind a paywall that is kind of designed to hide other issues. Uh, so it, it's a little strange. Uh, and, and the reason why they've explained that they're doing this is uh, kind of the, the go-to refrain right now in, in encryption, and it's to, to protect... Uh, children and uh, be able to work with law enforcement if there's child exploitation happening on the platform. Which, you know, sometimes, sometimes the argument works, although in this case, the only times that I've heard of Zoom being used for that, because there are obviously other encrypted systems already, uh, the only time I've heard Zoom have that problem is when people Zoom bomb, which is the other problem that they haven't been addressing. So, uh, I don't know. It seems weird. Most of the internet wasn't happy with the move, uh, but some people have defended it uh, for the reason uh, for for the reason that uh that Zoom has said. So I I don't know. It anytime somebody makes this claim, it makes me feel weird when it comes to encryption because it, it seems like they're I don't they're playing don't some sort of emotional game. I don't trust Zoom's motives because if you think about it, uh, so you're saying that if people 
pay for Zoom, then they can get encryption. Correct. But if they don't pay, then they don't get encryption. Correct. So either encryption is good or encryption is bad. Why is encryption bad, but only if you're not paying for it? Right. I mean, do they think that all of the child predators use the free version? but not the paid. It sure seems I, like, I mean, it sure seems like the kind of thing where they're like, well, you know what? If you're only giving it to us for free for 10 bucks or whatever a month, you're going to encrypt the thing. If that's so, your goal, 10 right, bucks like a month the, is nothing. It's just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ser- seriously, I, I mean, this is, that's, that's just bogus. That's not a that's not a reason. First of all, this harkens back to a really old, old, fairly old debate about whether or not uh, encryption sh- their encryption should be allowed anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, should there be encryption on your phone? Should there be encrypt BitLocker encryption on your computer? Should anything ever be encrypted? Right. Well, you know, obviously, uh, what what we've seen, um, what what a lot of people have seen. Uh, this week and in prior weeks is that, um, you know, not everybody really trusts the government to just get to their data uh, and use it for and keep it private and use it only for detecting the worst possible crimes. Mm -hmm. You know, is it, you know, obviously, we have countries where activists are put in, in, in prison and, you know, some of the things that uh, we see going on in the United States don't lend a lot of confidence in having giving uh, the government unfettered access to your your data. True. So. Um, so, you know, you could always make that argument. We could get even further. Why don't we just put a camera in everyone's house? Uh, so the police can watch just in case someone commits a crime like the obviously I, I believe those um, are called uh, ring doorbells <laughs> exactly and those and you know it, I mean, why don't we just like you know don't don't put you know locks on people we should give or maybe we should just give uh, you know law enforcement a skeleton key to everyone's house right like and just assume that everyone who works for them is only going to go into our house and if they know for sure that we're doing something bad. Like, obviously, the reason for encryption is because uh, whether you trust your or other governments or you trust that no other people who are non-government actors are going to get a hold of this, of, of the, you know, mm-hmm. back door, or in this case, there's not even a back door, uh, because they're just saying that we're not we're not encrypting it. Right. So it's not like we're encrypting it. We're getting a back door. Right. Like, it's just open. that might be an excuse. That might be an excuse if they were, you know, if they really wanted to. They, could, oh, you know, we're encrypting this, but we're leaving open a back door uh-huh. uh, for for law enforcement or something like that. Right. Um, and but just like but just like uh, Tim Cook said uh, during the San Bernardino thing, he said once. Once a key is is created, it's created. Once once a hole exists, it's there, and it will get out. Yeah, no no question about it. So, 
yeah, this sounds like a really lame excuse from Zoom. I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to justify, to come up with a rather nonsensical answer to why they don't want to include it in the free package. Right. And, and, for, and the answer is they want to make money on that yeah, premium. For, for me, just say we're including it in the, in the paid version because this is an expensive service and we're... we're because we That's have it. to find some way to make money off yeah. it to monetize this. Be- because time so limits. We have to create a division. Because time limits aren't doing it. I mean, I've said this before. I don't get Zoom. I don't understand why people like Zoom so much. I, I, I really. Especially with all I the really, problems they've I, had. I, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, um, now, uh, you know, I, my. Um, my father passed away and we had a uh, like we had daily like for a week we're supposed to have like what you call um we're supposed to have daily prayers let's say mm-hmm. and, and gatherings with his friends and obviously because of covid19 that didn't happen in person uh, and so the people who originally set were was running it used zoom and it was a horror show i mean maybe maybe i just don't know the secret ways of using zoom because i don't use it that much and i wasn't the administrator but they couldn't mute anybody and so and so people were just talking over each other um and then you know i suggested we change to google meet and at least on google meet i could go through and if people were making noise i could mute them because mm-hmm. because on zoom we had one woman she was on there and she didn't seem to understand a lot of these folks were not very tech savvy and they sure. were older older folks of my father's generation. And so there was one woman on there and she was like chewing into like, well, while everyone else is supposed to be talking, praying, she's like sitting there and her mouth was like right up in the screen. Mm, she's chewing. No, no. And then, you know, she talked to someone off camera and was like, Hey, get me the coffee or whatever. Like, <laughs> so, um, so at least that's so funny on, Google Meet, I could go in and just mute her, mute people who that were doing that, mm-hmm. rather than yeah. like try to convince them to be quiet. Yeah. So, and then people would get kicked off after forty-five minutes. Yep. And then they couldn't get back on Google Meet. At least right now, doesn't seem to have a time limit. Uh, so yeah. I don't get why on earth you would be using using zoom right now i don't know and with all the with all the issues that they've had the the remote camera access once that happened i i was done with zoom there was no more installing zoom for me (laughs) i i don't know why they're they're popular i mean i get google Meet is not perfect either sure i mean somebody there's certainly an opportunity there for somebody to do a lot better and this is why i think we were talking about facebook rooms the other day um, but, um, I don't know my son's school. They're using, I think WebEx Wow, for some things. Um, what, one thing that's good about WebEx and I, I'm not aware of at least free zoom allowing you to do this is that you can actually just, like put everybody in listen only mode uh-huh. with WebEx Yeah, and you can't easily do that with meat. I'm not aware of how to do that with Meet, and I'm not aware of how to do that with Zoom. Yeah, but WebEx is kind of designed for the webinar concept, you know, so being able to put everybody in listen-only mode is is nice. And, you know, having multiple options is fine. I just, like you, I don't understand why why people 
keep hugging Zoom when it, it seems like this, like the lesser of, of the platforms. Um, but, you know, whatevs to each his own. Uh, I won't install Zoom personally ever since the remote webcam thing. So it's not a problem for me. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by Pure VPN. Uh, whether you're using a, a phone or a, a laptop, a desktop, uh, protecting your privacy online is important. Uh, and, and a VPN is really the best way to do that. Um, and Pure VPN is, is a great service that allows you to protect your privacy and uh, report at different locations. So if you're out of the country or out of town and you want to be able to get uh, better access to uh, your local sports or your local news or something like that, you can do that. Um, right now, uh, they've got a, a deal. You can get a seven-day free trial, which which doesn't negate the 31-day money-back guarantee. Uh, plus, you can get... Uh, uh, Six forty nine per month after the trial. It's ninety nine cents for the seven days, uh, and then six forty nine per month. And you don't have to sign any kind of contract or anything like that. It's a really great deal. Uh, and if you do go for longer, you get better prices. And to find out about all of that, you can go to pilchpoint.live/purevpn. All right, Avram, what have you got for us tonight? All right. I have to say for our uh, regular listeners, um, oh, by the way, as we mentioned uh, prior, <laughs> uh, here's the new uh, here's the new Becaster uh, neat microphones Becaster mic that I've been uh, that I've been using. So, um, so I know a lot has been going on lately. I've been talking a lot about one of my favorite topics, which is Raspberry Pi stuff. I promise that next week, even if it turns out that War Games, the movie War Games happens for real, and the Joshua computer is based on Raspberry Pi, I won't talk <laughs> about it because we've talked about it so many weeks in a row. Um, but for now, I want to talk about something uh, interesting and cool that happened in the Raspberry Pi world recently, which is uh, that now there is an 8 gigabyte Raspberry Pi 4. So... Uh, that is the most gigabytes of RAM uh, that it's ever had. And uh, as a result, there's the operating system uh, has also, strategy has also changed. It used to be that for your Raspberry Pi, you had the official operating system was called the Raspbian. Uh, it's a form of Linux, and it was 32-bit only. Well, if you know much about um, operating systems and bits, you know that generally speaking, 32-bit operating systems cannot use more than four gigabytes of RAM, mm -hmm. uh, which is why most people today have a 64-bit Windows. And there's really no reason to have 32-bit unless you have a computer with a processor that is so old uh, that it doesn't support 64-bit. But that would be quite an old computer at this point. Uh, maybe something, maybe like a netbook with an Atom processor would need like you know, 32 bits still. Um, 
So um, Raspberry Pi now also has a 64-bit operating version of their operating system, and they've changed the name of both the 32-bit and the new 64-bit operating system to Raspberry Pi OS, which is, you know, very obvious what it stands for. Uh, it used to be called Raspbian, but now uh, because um, the folks who were running the, the independent Raspbian project were only doing the 32-bit version and they were allowing all kinds of other Raspbian's actually part of the operating system. It's not the whole kernel and everything uh, is now called Raspberry Pi OS. But uh, what I wanted to show folks for those who are, who are watching and not just listening, uh, I've got pulled up here. Uh, I'm gonna do it, try to do a screen share. I've got pulled up here on my screen, um, Razor, a Raspberry Pi, um, a Raspberry Pi eight gigabyte. And actually this is running the 32-bit operating system, but it doesn't matter because the 32-bit operating system, Raspberry Pi actually is able to use all eight gigabytes. It just can't use them all for one, more than four gigabytes for one process. Mm -hmm. But if you have tabs in a browser, those each count as different processes. So let's look here. I'm, I just wanna show how much work I had to do to get it to actually even use over four gigabytes. So right now it's using 4.2 gigabytes out of 7.8. Um, really it's eight, but you know how it is with operating systems. They, they never give you quite exactly the full amount of RAM or storage that you that you have some of its reserve. So in my browser, I have 60 tabs open. Several of these tabs have 4K videos playing in them, uh, or at least loaded from hdtrailers.net, which is a place that unlike YouTube is actually like downloading the trailers. It's not like upscaling or something like that. So it's like in the browser, like here's one I had had downloaded for and really not many 4K tra true 4K trailers mm -hmm. that are available for download, believe it or not. Most of the things you find on YouTube are upscales that someone has done. So hdtrailers.net, which has like actual downloadable trailers for things, as like maybe four and one of them is for the movie interstellar from which came out what eight years ago or something um and uh you know so that um so i have that loaded and this other movie which i don't know what it's called it looks like some kind of nature thing called samsara which had like an even bigger uh 4k trailer even with those open in multiple tabs i'm only using 4.2 gigabytes uh, even with uh, several other programs open, including a spreadsheet program and Scratch Desktop, which is a big programming program, and GIMP, which is an image editor. And I don't have it up here on the screen because I don't have it installed on this machine here, but uh, OpenShot, which is a video editor. Uh, so uh, in short, uh, the real news is it, you probably, most people probably don't need the eight gigabyte version because it's actually, you have to work really hard to get over four, to use over four gigabytes at this point. Now, maybe in the future with some improvements, some caching, using it to improve performance, um, using something like a virtual, running a virtual machine or a fancy server, uh, you could really get over that, you comfortably need that eight gigabytes. Uh, but right now it's just kind of cool that we've gotten to that point. Uh, so the eight gigabyte model is, uh, available now for $75. The four gigabyte is $55 as it has been. And the two gigabyte Raspberry Pi 4, those are the three three capacities, two, four, and eight. 
of the Raspberry Pi 4, which is the latest model. Uh, you know, so it's $35 for the two, 55 for the four and uh, 75 for the eight. Um, if you already have a four, I don't, for 99% of people, there's not a compelling reason right now to buy an eight. Um, but if you didn't have one and you're thinking, I want to future-proof my investment, I might mm -hmm. want to use this as like a, a real computer rather than just for like building robots and fun projects, then it, it might make some sense to actually, um, it might make some sense to buy the eight. Uh, I'm going to see here if I have one that I can actually show folks uh, what the board looks like. I have one here. Out, I think maybe uh, I have to just unplug the one that I have because there's a few you can actually see a physical difference on the board yeah, here okay let's stop sharing my screen and I'll show you show everybody so um, if you see here this is this is the Raspberry Pi 48 gigabytes and if you ha if somebody just gate handed you a Raspberry Pi 4 I don't know if you know anyone just handing you Raspberry Pi 4s or you had a drawer full of them, you don't know which is which. The way you would tell which one is eight gigabytes, uh, telling between two and four, I don't think is this easy, is there's this, it, by the USB-C port, there's this like little set of three black transistors um, or chips uh -huh. uh, and look sort of like eyes and a mouth. Um, yeah, they do. Right? Um, that is only on the eight. So on the on the uh, on the four and two, you won't see that. So, so you know, if you if somebody just throws a Raspberry Pi four at you, and you catch it, and you don't turn it on, and you want to know what it, whether it's a gigabyte or not, look for near the USB C port a uh, set of three black uh, black chips that look like a face, and that will uh, that will tell you. Um, a, sli not, not, a slightly not shocked, very, uh, a slightly shocked face. Yes, a slightly shocked with no nose. But because um, you can see here, this is a. I think this is a two gigabyte I have here, uh, and you can see it doesn't have the face. Oh yeah, uh, over there. So it needs that extra power. Um, I think it's extra power support over there because it's using a, it. It needs mm -hmm. it to distribute the power to the sure. more RAM. Uh, other than this, the performance is identical uh, across uh, two, four, and eight. So there's not, you know, the, the CPU is the same. Everything else is the same. You're not getting more or less performance, uh, you know, CPU performance for having a different amount of RAM. So that's um, so. As I said, new new operating system name, 64-bit operating system available now for uh, Raspberry in Raspberry Pi OS, moved up to eight gigabytes, and in something that is relevant and timely because we get we do a lot of coverage of other, you know, of tutorials and things like that. We also just put up on Friday uh, a tutorial on how to use a Raspberry Pi as a body camera for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, uh, that was done by Les Pounder, uh, our new associate editor who lives in England. So I don't have one here to show you, but um, the article is up on tomshardware.com. Uh, that uses a, actually a Pi Zero W, not the Raspberry Pi 4, uh, but that's kind of neat. 
because for about 40 to $50 worth of parts, some of which you may already have, such as like a, you know, phone bank for your, for your a power bank for your phone, mm-hmm. um, you can create a little body camera that you stick in your front pocket, assuming you have a front pocket and, um, and use that uh, either like you would a GoPro for, you know, sports, jogging, uh, playing with the kids, or, or if you are attending a protest mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that you're capturing things that are going on at the protest, um, it's also really good for that. And the instructions will show you how to capture the video and then it will automatically upload to the crowd, to the, to the cloud. Maybe video of a crowd, but it'll be in the cloud. <laughs> Um, so that, so that if, uh, something happens to your camera, uh, let's say somebody knocks you on the ground, it gets broken, uh, that video will still be, uh, saved and, uh, you can, you can share it with people. Yeah. I, I saw that, uh, I saw that tutorial and I thought that was a, a pretty cool idea. Yeah. The interesting thing, a little inside baseball about the editorial process behind that was uh, less. Uh, he just started forces. We, we worked with him a long time on, on as a freelancer. And, you know, I um, asked him if, you know, if he could do the story and he did. And then the first set of pictures he sent us for how he constructed it, he had, you know, gotten someone to m- basically model it. And the way he had set it up was he had duct taped it to a jacket and he had the button there's a button for turning it on and off right for like for enabling a camera but the button was on a wire right like a long wire Uh, for those of you who are listening just it looked like a a suicide vest right um you know something that a terrorist might wear and you know i mean and so i had to write to him be like can we like change this around with advice that we're giving people so it doesn't look suspicious because, you know, we don't want people, uh, you know, going somewhere and the police thinking that they're, yeah. uh, you know, that they're carrying, that they're yeah. wearing um, yeah, having a weapon it, when it's just a camera. Having it go the other way where all of a sudden it becomes the thing that makes you suspicious. <laughs> That's not better. Yeah. 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 Ex- ex- exactly. Uh, I mean, by the way, there. If you look on Amazon or, or other online stores, there are a lot of body cameras that people can can buy pre-made. That mm-hmm. are, but those are about 150 bucks, um, and I'm not sure if they all go to the cloud. Um, so, you know, this is a neat uh, a neat use of Raspberry Pi. I mean, a Pi Zero W is ten dollars, uh, and then you know you will want a camera module, and you'll want you know, a case for it and the battery, but you may already have a phone battery and you may already have a micro SD card. And so, you know, it may actually not, even if you don't have all those, any of those things, it probably still only be 40 or 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, I, uh, I certainly recommend people, uh, people check it out. We got him to kind of construct it in a way where, the button is not hanging off on a wire, so it doesn't look like it's some kind of detonator or something. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, it, it looks more like what it is, which is an innocent camera. Um, but, you know, if you've seen a lot of if you've seen a lot of movies where, you know, people are doing bad things, you, you might 
uh, if you saw the original photo that we didn't use of it, <laughs> you might think, uh-oh, I don't want to be caught wearing this in public because people might think that uh, I'm about to do something bad. You might recognize the design. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, so, and both of these are up now? Uh, yeah. Uh, so the, uh, everything is up now. So our um, we have an article. We obviously we have an article up on testing of the eight gigabyte uh, Raspberry Pi four. We also have a new guide to how to use and well, which Raspberry Pi four you should buy. And we have the tutorial on how to make your own Raspberry Pi um, Raspberry Pi body camera. And if you're interested in other projects, we have the projects of uh, June twenty twenty. Raspberry Pi projects of June 2020 that went up this week. Also, uh, we do that monthly now where we list the coolest projects that we've seen people doing that month on the internet. I love that. Uh, uh, one of the cool projects that I am sure will make it into July because it, it, it just, we just reported on this week is some person, we also have an article on this, some person built a, a remote control uh, Raspberry Pi robot that drives around their backyard and you can go online and drive the robot around their backyard yourself. Nice. So um, that sounds like that sounds like fun. Yeah. Is it uh, is it one is it one person off. can control it at a time, or is it kind of like uh, how uh, how Mixer does like the the polling, and if uh, three people say it turns left, That's it turns good left. Question. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't really gone in and tried that. So. Okay. Uh, I, I, there are other, Project I have time. seen other sites before where people can, where people, where anyone who has it loaded can issue a command. Mm -hmm. I guess this is on the presumption that there's not going to be a lot of people simultaneously uh, driving it in different directions. Something tells me that'll change or if, if they you are, publish about it. <laughs> we did, so we'll find out. <laughs> um, or that person will find out. Um you know, but uh, it's just there's a lot of cool, fun things that people do. Uh, and uh, what I've always loved and what I continue to love about about Raspberry Pi is just the inventiveness mm -hmm. that it, it, it gets it gets people to be so creative in doing really neat things. And some of the things are genuinely like, hey, this is pretty useful. Like I could really use the body camera uh, to go out and record things. But some of it is just hey, this is a cool thing to try. This is a cool thing to do, and I'm going to do it because I can, not because I absolutely have a burning need. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I think it's, you know, if you really love technology, then you probably love doing things or seeing things where people are just are pushing the envelope. How can I do this in a cooler, different, better way? Um, you know, I think there's so many things in life you could say that about, like, Oh, do I need a smart light light bulb, or could I just go walk across the room and turn right. it on and off, or you know, get like a timer that plugs into the socket? Yeah, you could do all those things, but isn't it much cooler to be able to <laughs> to do to do it from an app, so or do it from you know, a voice assistant? So um, there's just a lot of cool things out there, and we definitely have them covered at at Tom'sHardware.com. Very cool. Well, as always, Avram. Uh, I love to hear about the stuff that you guys are working on. I, I love that there's that upgraded version of the Raspberry Pi 4 because, like you said, with 8 gigs of RAM, that 
that gives kind of a wider scale of things that people can work on on top of what we already know about. So I, I look forward yeah, to seeing then, what's going yeah. going to come from that. Yeah, also you have to add in the fact that they just also released, which we've covered and have a tutorial on, how you can use an SSD as your boot drive mm -hmm. for Raspberry Pi. So now you're attaching an SSD to the USB 3.0 port and you can boot off of that and you have eight gigs. So, and you can output to two 4K monitors if you want. So, you know, this is becoming a more and more feasible solution for someone to use as an actual computer. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I know too many people who would choose this over like, you know, an x86 uh, desktop or laptop in terms of performance, but um, you know, it's it's feasible to use uh, in in a pinch or give to a kid or, or something like that, or even as like a, a lockdown computer environment for a very like a kiosk, a very specific set of set of yeah. capabilities. It would be uh, an ideal yeah scenario. Oh, I, so all, all kinds lot, of cool stuff a, coming from a lot there. Of things like that. Yeah. Well, as always, Abram. Yeah. Thank you, and uh, I look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on both PC and console are available from Razer. Whether you need a keyboard and a mouse like we use here in the studio, or you're looking for um, a gaming headset or even an entire uh, gaming PC like the Razer Blade 15, you can get all of that from Razer. And there's some great deals running right now. And of course, uh, they've also got the... Uh, the, the outlet store, which has some incredible deals on it. And to find out about all of that, you can go to f5live.tv slash Razor. Now, over the last year, and we've talked about this recently, uh, Epic Games has done a lot to mix up the industry. They have, most recently, they changed the licensing. No, oh, excuse me. They uh, changed the licensing on uh, the Unreal Engine. They, uh, the, their big move, of course, was uh, the Epic Games Store uh, charging way less. I think 18% instead of 30, which is what, uh, what Steam charges. <clears throat> They've got the Epic Games Publishing, which is also all about reducing the cost to, uh, to publishers. But... The thing that they did that was kind of the biggest move, I think, was when they launched uh, Fortnite on mobile, they released it as a sideload. You could not get it through the Google Play Store. And that was because, again, that big commission uh, for in-app purchases and things like that, they wanted to totally skip the Google Play Store uh, and they did for a long time. They have they have since relented and put the the uh, game in the store. However, it looks like they might be ratcheting up the fight a little bit. In that they are considering bringing the Epic Games Store to mobile. Now, this would not be the first time that there was a 
third-party distribution uh, system in the stores. Uh, Microsoft's App Center is a great example of it, but the intentions are very different. App Center is for deploying a very, uh, like a test version of an app to a very limited number of testers, not for bypassing the store. So this might be, for that purpose, this might be, kind of a first and the kind of thing that I could see both platforms fighting. Uh, what do you think, Avram? Can you, I, I can, for sure I can see Apple fighting it. Yeah. I mean, well, Google can't do a lot about it because fortunately, and to Google's credit, I wonder if they would make the same decision today. Um, Android does allow you to sideload. Mm -hmm. It is not on by default, but you can do it. And 11 is going to make it harder. uh, I know. I mean, I know that's, I mean, this is an area where I wonder if Epic, um, you know, I mean, Amazon certainly could also get involved in this. If they make it too difficult to sideload, could they consider that an anti-competitive practice? I mean, because they're locking you into their store. Now, I mean, in Apple's case, that is, they, you can't even sideload. So, you know, they have an even better uh, case against Apple. It's not difficult. It's impossible uh, to sideload. Um I mean, to to directly sideload through something like App Center, you can. But but yes, it's it's still even through App Center, Microsoft had to work with Apple to make that a possibility. <laughs> and it's not designed for bypassing the store. It's it's designed for a very specific purpose. So, uh, yeah, I can see Apple fighting this hard. Yeah, I mean, the the problem is. You know, the, the question is, who owns who owns your device, right? Because um, that's really what it comes down to. If it's my device, then shouldn't I be able to install whatever software on it I want? And that means things that Apple has not blessed or Google has not blessed. Um, however, um, you know, it's their operating system. They certainly want to protect users from themselves and protect uh and but also you have to wonder how much of it is protecting their revenue stream right so like Mm -hmm. they would say oh we don't like side loading we don't allow and apple doesn't allow it at all because oh we want to make sure that people are protected from you know protected from bad software Mm -hmm. Uh, on the other hand having gone through a nightmare situation with uh just recently myself with getting a Chrome extension uh, approved through the Chrome web store uh, for for the browser, um, where I had a couple of extensions that had been working for years. And then I made a minor update to them and they rejected it and kicked me out of the store um, for no no good reason. And, And then I was, you know, I could, you and I talked about this all, but I won't bother the, 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 the listeners with it too much, except to say that 
it is not easy necessarily always easy to get into these stores because the more times that they catch somebody doing something legitimately bad mm -hmm. the harder they make it on legitimate developers yeah. they really really make it now really difficult on legitimate developers to get their stuff into the app store in addition to also taking a good chunk of money for doing so uh, let's even say you were making a free app so money was not a concern like you know you might you might put something through it might have you might want to make a minor minor update like i changed a word here i changed one line of code you upload it and then it takes three days mm -hmm. to go through an approval process and then they might just reject it for reasons with no good explanation um so you know those i mean if you've used if, if you spent any time using windows or mac which i think probably most people have they realize that it's a different world like you just download stuff you mm -hmm. install it and it's your business and your responsibility if i download something that has a virus in it then that's my fault right you know i don't if it's i mean if it was from the microsoft store i would blame microsoft but I, if I had the ability to just go to any mm -hmm. site that offers downloads and download something, then that's my responsibility. Right. And you know what? That's, you know, it's and it's your device that comes with responsibility. It's your device. You made a decision. It was a bad one. That's your problem. Right. But, you know, under the guise of protecting people from themselves, Google and Apple want you to get things from their store. But really... They have a financial interest. Mm -hmm. They want to get their cut. They want that 30% commission. Anything that's, that's sold. That's where the most of their money is coming from. And what would really get them is if somebody came out with an alternative app store that was more attractive to developers mm -hmm. and was easy enough to install and manage from a user perspective. Yep. Uh, you know, yes, you can get, I mean, it's good that Android lets you, I mean, you can install the Amazon. I don't know of anybody who does, but you can install the Amazon app store and, and use that. I think there are actually some things you have to have the Amazon app store mm -hmm. for, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have to have it to install prime video? You used to point. You used to, but uh, you don't anymore. Or is it? Oh, okay. So, you know, there, there's, there's, there's things like that where, okay, you have, you know, and now if you want to play Fortnite, you have to have, you have to have this, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, I mean, it's good that they're doing this. It's bringing competition. Uh, and I hope it remains, uh, easy yeah. enough for people to do, mm -hmm. um, because what we learned from Google from the example of Chrome browser is just because something is a default piece of software doesn't mean people will stick with it. Right. I mean, if you had asked me when Chrome came out, when did Chrome come out? 2008, 2009, something like that. Um, 2010. It's been at least 10 years. Yeah. Uh, if you had asked me when Chrome came out, are people going to install Chrome? Is it going to be a, a success? I would have said no. I think I did say no because Internet Explorer's 
preloaded mm -hmm. on Windows machines, and I figured a lot of people are just going to take the path of least resistance, and they're going to use what comes preloaded. Yeah. Uh, when the difference between the preloaded and the not preloaded is, to the untrained eye, not you know they both browse the same internet. Right. But, um, but wow, was I wrong? Like people, you know, this they made a better piece of software. And, and as a result, and Chrome Google, is infinitely more popular. And Google pushed it hard. <laughs> yes. I mean, they weren't exactly a nobody. I mean, they were Google, so they had yeah. they had you in... They were in your life anyway. Yeah, and they uh, used that opportunity to, to talk about it. You know, you'd sign into Gmail, and it would have a banner across the top. Your experience could be better if... With a download link. You know, they... they <laughs> They, they did talk it up a lot if you were using Google services. Um, but, okay. That, okay. <laughs> People didn't but have to say to I agree. Right. They managed to overcome a, a, serious, a serious problem. And like, a human nature know, problem. A huge, yeah, the human nature is just to use what's preloaded. Yeah. yeah. So, so... Uh, so you know, when you think about it, a better app store could beat the Play Store. For sure. And, you know, if it's like or you said, if it's more if it's, if it's more attractive to uh, to game developers, especially that 18 percent instead of 30 percent uh, commission, you know, that could be that could be big. And they could really they could really change the mobile landscape in a good way. Uh, so I, I hope it happens. Um Obviously, Apple will fight it with everything that they have, but uh, like you said, there are already third-party app stores like Amazon. So on on Google, so you know it might it might go there. It might work, and it's certainly the place it would start. <laughs> Without a question, it's the yeah. place it would start. So we'll we'll see if it happens. But like, I, I think it would be a good thing if it does. This week's uh, news from the tubes in F5 Live is probably powered by riff tracks, make fun of movies, or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities like The Crawling Hand. I don't know what to do with that. The way it works is for a couple of dollars, you download the MP3, Play it along with your DVD, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, wherever the movie happens to exist, and laugh. They also do live events, and uh, you can purchase and own those live shows. Uh, no DVD required. Uh, and to find out about the live events, the uh, full-length feature films, and of course the short films, like I can do it myself. <laughs> oh my god. You you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X showed a trailer for one of the short films and it was just as weird as you would expect. Um, anyway, so um, we were just talking about about Google and Chrome and uh, and their surprise dominance in the in the space. Um, and this week something interesting happened. A class action lawsuit was filed in, in California against Google about Chrome. 
And the, the suit alleges that um, Google violates the Federal Wiretap Act, which prevents uh, the interception of uh, communications. Uh, it was originally written to protect people talking on the phone, uh, on a wireline phone, and it has since been expanded several times over the years. Um, so the reason that they that the 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 suit says that they believe this is um, because in incognito mode, Google can still track you, which is true. And in fact, if you open up a Google incognito window, it tells you exactly what it does. It says, now you can browse privately and other people who use this device won't see your activity. However, your activity might still be visible to websites you visit, you visit your employer or school and your internet service provider. Well, well yeah. <laughs> Of course, it's still the internet. The incognito mode didn't change the way the web works. It doesn't disable JavaScript. It's not Tor. It... <laughs> so, so this whole lawsuit is based around a complete misunderstanding of what incognito mode is versus a VPN service. The... Yeah, I mean, it's also not <laughs> called privacy mode. Right. It, I mean, in fairness, in in uh, Edge, it is called in private browsing. But <laughs> uh, so I mean, it does point to. So first of all, I don't know how this should be laughed out of court because mm -hmm. the number one thing I think any lawsuit is looking for is did were users or consumers or whoever was uh, taking advantage of a service given clear uh, clear warning mm -hmm. of whatever and it couldn't be clearer than every single time you open an incognito window yeah it's not that. it's not so, like it's hidden deep in the terms of service that and the eula that nobody's going to read it it is shown every time you open a window uh, other yeah, than so, other than it screaming and saying hey this is how it works i don't think you can be more clear yeah, also, if you've spent any time using Incognito Window, you will notice that you can log into services using the Incognito <laughs> Window. So, um, so you're not now, like, you know, I, I've experienced this uh, recently, right? Like, yes, when you open Incognito Window, you're, the fact that you were logged into Gmail or Facebook or whatever is not saved, mm -hmm. but you have access to the passwords that are. So, like, you know, the autocomplete for your password mm -hmm. um, is available in the Incognito Window. And then... Um, and then it... Um, you know, once you're logged in, obviously any place that you've logged into knows what you're doing. Sure. Uh, I think, I think the best way to think of incognito, correct me if you don't agree, is it's like a clean slate for that moment. But once you open the clean slate, you're still filling it. Yes. Right. Like absolutely. You don't. Your cookies, your cookies are gone until you visit a website and then it plants cookies. Right. And it's, but as soon as you close yeah. it, they're gone again. 
which is what it's for. Right. Yeah. The intention is, and I know Google would probably argue with me about this only because they don't want people to think about it this way. But we all know why incognito mode was created. It was so you could look at adult content on your computer and other people in the house wouldn't know what you looked at. And there's no pretending oh. that that's not where incognito mode came from. <laughs> oh, I honestly, I will tell you what I use incognito mode for. I actually use it quite a bit, but Me there's too. a very, very specific purpose that I use it for that most people probably wouldn't care. Um, uh, as the <laughs> proprietor of a website, I want to know what our Google rankings are. Uh -huh. And I don't know for a fact that this is per a perfect way of doing it. Uh, but you know that Google know Google will give you search results based on what it knows about you. So yep. you've logged into your Gmail, all this stuff. Even if you logged out, probably has cookies on you. Um, so if I'm searching, it'll probably give me Tom's Hardware as one of the top results because it knows I go there a lot. Right. But I want to see what a neutral person would see if they search for like best CPU. I want to know how we're ranking, mm -hmm. like where we are. When you know is our article for about the best cpus number one or is it number five so you know so that's when i open an incognito window and i do a search to use it for doing google searches to try to avoid google trying to giving me special results that are just for me and giving me the results of sort of a a theoretical neutral person um, I do. So I do the exact same thing. For. I don't know what other people are using for. I, I use it for exactly that. Um, I also use it for um, if I need to sign into a secondary Microsoft account, uh, <laughs> which is different than the, than the one that I'm signed into on the, on the computer. Um, it's easiest to open a, an in private browsing window. I don't use Chrome. I use edge, but you know, it's all yeah, the same concept. And so I, I, I can sign into the, the Microsoft account that we use for the show on this computer without having to sign out and lose all my other stuff, you know, things like that. Uh, that's my primary use for it. Yeah. That's another, that's another really good point is, if you've got multiple accounts on the same service, it can be really difficult to switch back and forth between mm -hmm. them, even Google accounts, yeah. right? So like I have a work one and I have a home one and it's a real big pain because it's like every single time I go to Gmail, it wants to show me my home one, even when I'm doing my work and mm -hmm. then I gotta switch. Um, but then there are other ones where- And then there are certain- really impossible. There are certain Google services that, that if you're signed into multiple, you can't switch between if you, uh, yeah, I, it might exactly. be, it might be webmaster tools. When you sign into it, it forces you to sign out of everything and try again. Oh, yeah, it's, there, it's like incognito yeah, mode there time. Few, yeah. There've been a few of those that I've, that I've had to deal with. We had to do something with like an API console or something. Uh huh. Oh yeah. The developer like console account, an old account that somebody who no longer works there had. And so I had the login for it but I want to log out of every other account uh -huh. that I had. Yep. Um, you know, another it's like, solution it's is... It's like, hooray, incognito solution. mode. <laughs> another solution is to have like a browser that you don't normally use. Like, let's say you never use Firefox, but you keep it just for this purpose. Um, I, okay, know, I'm going to I'm gonna give my, my funny example of that. I have on my development yeah. computer, I have uh, the, the full new edge... I have the development new edge and I have the beta new edge. 
all installed <laughs> and I use different ones for different environments. So like the proper one is my personal one and beta is for my business one <laughs> and uh, dev is for my development stuff. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's a yeah, so that's a reason why you might want incognito. But yeah, yeah, all, every time you log into one of those accounts, obviously, you know, you've associated yourself. You're getting tracked. You've associated yourself. Uh, now, I mean, I guess the good news about incognito window is even though you're being tracked, I guess there is a point at which you are getting more privacy through the incognito window, to be fair, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you open an incognito window every time, a new incognito window, every time you go, it's not saving that cookie right. and you're for your next session. So and you you're close conceptually, the browser, it's all gone. And you're conceptually, you're a new user every time. And in fact, um, I, I read a, um, a research paper this week uh, that came out after this lawsuit <laughs> um, where they showed, I don't know, it might have already been out, but it was published again because of the lawsuit, uh, where the guy went and he you know, opened regular Chrome, he went and signed into his things, he went and browsed the internet, he did all this, you know, but he did it on a site that he created specifically for this, like a, a specific domain. So he goes and he wanders the site and all these things, and then he opens incognito mode and followed the exact same path without logging into his, his Google account. And in the end, in his uh, Google Analytics, it showed two users, both with the same IP address, but it, it absolutely reported him as two different people. Um, so <laughs> if he didn't, yeah. he didn't sign what into his Google expect? account, so it didn't associate it to him. But of course it recognized that you were on a website. <laughs> it's not like yeah. Google. It, it's not like Google or the Facebook track tracking pixel or something like that is going, Hey, are you in incognito mode? All right. I'll just turn off JavaScript. Like I said, it's now not, it's can. not Tor. It, it's a very different thing. Now, to be fair, you can disable cookies, right? So that's mm -hmm. another step and you don't need to be an incognito to do that. Mm -hmm. You can, there are settings in every browser to disable cookies on a site by site basis mm -hmm. or, or overall you, I mean, you, your experience will be massively damaged on some sites because you may not that. be able like, to stay signed anything in. Anything that involves a login. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that involves logging in, you, you really need cookies, but it, I don't know if you're just going to read a news site or something like that, you know, it may not be required site at Tom's hardware or whatever. Yeah. It's not, if you're not logging into our forums or whatever, the cookies are, you know, used for ads and things like that, which, mm -hmm. you know, in my opinion are not, not really that bad. I mean, they were just trying to give you better quality ads. Like right. you're going to get ads one way or the other. Right. So because, do you want because to without the ads or not, without the tracking cookies, the things you're going to see are going to be like the generic PSA type things about, you know, uh, STDs and mental health, you know, all the weird like PSA type ads, which are way weirder than uh, uh, an ad for Restream or, you know, something like that. Yeah, so I mean, I, you know, personally, I'd so rather have the I'd rather have the, the more targeted stuff because the ads are way less weird. But but I'm with you. Yeah. I think this needs to be laughed out of court. I don't think. I don't think there's a way that it isn't, 
but it's California, so maybe. But I don't think that there's any way this thing stands a laugh test. So, fingers crossed. This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. In addition to your free shipping, there's a lot that you get with a Prime subscription like uh, Amazon Prime Music, which gives you millions of tracks available to stream for free. You get Amazon Prime Video, which is TV, movies, documentaries, and more with original and licensed content available for free. You get Twitch Prime, which gives you one free subscription on Twitch, which allows you to uh, financially support the content creator of your choice. Uh, you also get free games every month, um, and the games lately have been really cool. If you are a fighting game fan, now is the time to check out Twitch Prime for sure. Uh, and of course, there's a whole lot more. We've put our favorites together, uh, and if you don't have uh, uh, an Amazon Prime subscription already we have a 30-day free trial and all of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash prime uh so netflix is an interesting company its history is fascinating it started by uh putting dvds in the mail and sending them to your house and then uh pivoted to streaming uh and they pivoted so hard that they tried to spin off the dvd business to its own brand, uh, which was abandoned before it happened because it was a terrible idea. Um, but recently, as they have created higher and higher quality um, original films, they have tried to put themselves up for awards, and many of the awards require them to uh, run in a theater for a certain period of time, which has caused them some trouble. And so... A slight pivot back to physical media has uh, has happened within the company, and um, this week they took that possibly to an extreme, and that extreme is that they purchased a movie theater. <laughs> and it's not just any movie theater, it's actually um, a uh, an iconic location in Hollywood. It's the Egyptian Theater. Uh, in Hollywood. It was built in 1922. It is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it ran for many decades, uh, uh, being the home to, to th things as big as the silent film adaptation of Robin Hood. Um, that was where they premiered the film. Uh, so it's been around a long time. It's had a lot of history to it. It shut down for a while. A nonprofit organization called American Cinema... I don't know. I'm not going to try and pronounce it because it's weird. Um, uh, purchased the property, renovated it, reopened it in 1998, uh, and has operated it since. And Netflix picked it up this week. They will work with that organization to renovate it once again um, so that it's able to support more modern content. Um, but... They will work in partnership with the former owners uh, to operate it. And the intention is to be able to do big premieres there, to do limited run uh, presentations, and of course, special events, which of course, 
means that Netflix is going to use it to run their original content so that they can uh, be eligible for Academy Awards. It's not the weirdest idea ever. Uh, they do lease a theater in in New York City, another uh, iconic uh, theater, the Paris Theater. Um, but they don't own that one. This definitely uh, pushed it up a little bit. But I like the idea that as they're going harder into the film, you know, into the movie genre and, and you know, putting a lot of time and effort and money into, into that part of their business, I like the idea that they're using some of that to, to maintain and keep open this 100-year-old movie theater with a lot of history in Hollywood. I think that's kind of a cool idea. Even if they're, the intention is to use it for themselves, I like the idea that they're going to, you know, they're going to kind of save this piece of movie history. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, I mean, I was just, sorry for the noise, I was looking at Netflix to see what thing that they've, what piece of content they've spent money on that was obviously a waste of money that was, that this theater is worth more than. Like, could they have not paid Adam Sandler for this movie deal that they had with him and instead spent it on movie theaters because that would have been a better use of their money? Or maybe not spending however many tens of millions that they paid Will Smith to make bright or not doing a more recent example, not not filming Space Force or whatever. Like, whatever. Space Force was funny. Okay, I have. You know what? I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk. I haven't seen it. I've just read a, hard, a lot of horrible reviews of it. Space Force. So for a first, for a first season comedy, Space Force was funny. It is. It is the office in the government. It is perfect. <laughs> okay, I, I I I should not talk. But <laughs> but uh, you know. So I was trying to find some examples of things that are clearly because Netflix has thrown around a lot of money. Yeah, as we talked have. about before on on paying paying to create content so you know obviously they've got money to burn um i wish sometimes i wish they would burn it on some better content but some of the content is they throw so much stuff at the wall that a lot of it for me sticks Mm -hmm. uh so you know a lot of it doesn't but but some Uh, of it does so here's one for you uh queer eye in japan that's a that's the thing they didn't have to throw money at (laughs) that one was weird who knows? I, I actually really like when Netflix invests money in in far in non US productions, mm-hmm. uh, non US shows. I think that's because I I do like that's one thing I do like on Netflix is that they are bringing me some. I love to watch uh, shows from other other countries. Really mm-hmm. yeah. get get you know get a feel of what you know of what a show from another country is like and whatever. So. There's I, that. I love that they actually. There's that one that they just that. that they just published uh, sometime this week. Uh, it's it's a Mexican drama or something. That it was actually advertised to me in the header, which you know for a for a foreign project to be advertised in the American header of the app is a pretty big deal. I mean, I I absolutely, I absolutely my favorite Netflix show is Dark. And that is German show. Yes. Um, and that is yes. Uh, someday going to come back for a third and final season. So that show anyway, is so I, weird. I digress. Oh, it's so. I love it. Yes, but the I way love it's it, and it's so weird. It's so. 
It's such a beautiful show. Yes, oh, if you haven't seen Dark, folks, see, watch Dark. Absolutely. What a great show. And, anyway. And push past the first episode because the first episode's a little odd and doesn't get you into the story enough, I don't think. So push through, get to the second episode, and you'll be like, oh, I see where we're going. <laughs> I just like the music and the atmosphere mm-hmm. and the it's, cinematography of it's it. A it's a beautiful just... show. Um, anyway, so, you know, why not, considering that Netflix has money to spend on that kind of stuff, why not buy a movie theater? Movie theaters are struggling. Mm-hmm. It, it probably, I mean, this one is obviously historic, so it might cost more than others. Uh, and it probably, to renovate it will cost more than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, you also, to me, this also reminds me of, it's funny how you see companies that made their money online kind of going into physical retail, Mm -hmm. like Amazon, Amazon. for example, like, right. Amazon going into they now they've bought, you know, they have, they bought whole foods. Um, they've got the, the cashierless convenience store concept. Right. Yeah. I was, I, yeah, we had we had one near my uh, near my office. Oh, really? I don't know if it'll still be there whenever you come back. Oh, but yeah, sure. they had just opened one right outside, and nice. uh, Andrew, who who was uh, one of our mm-hmm. senior editors, went there, and he and and uh, our um, managing editor Matt Safford also went there, and they they said you know convenient, but the food, but the like the food that they made there was not very good, mm. so. I wasn't really tempted to go because the food was not supposedly not good. But anyway, the I'd go I just mean, to so see, you it. see. Yeah, I probably should. You know, I'm just bringing lunch every day, so cheap. And I'm gonna go, and it was expensive too. Like, um, but but anyway, so yeah, I actually they could they probably have a really good case now because it's completely contactless, right? You don't pay for. Mm-hmm. You walk out with the with the food yep you don't have to put your put your credit card through or deal with the cashier or anything so um in that respect it's actually more uh covet friendly than yeah. probably any place and more i would um, say way more timely than they expected it to be yeah yeah so um you know so why not i, I also i just love going to a movie palace yeah. so um uh, here in, in the there's not a lot of places left like like that mm-hmm. here um, where I grew up in Rockland County, New York. We have one called the Lafayette Theater, which has been there since 1926, um, and it it is. And I remember seeing like all the movies there when I was a kid, and when it came time to take my son to see a movie. Uh, and he's very like reluctant to sit still at a movie. And we were like, listen, we'll get you to come see a movie. We went there to take him to the Lafayette theater. Cause this was such a big place for me. And then we sat there and like the ceiling is beautiful. It's got all this like mm-hmm. decor, you know, I don't know how to describe it. like all this, like great, you know, like artwork on the ceiling and you know, all, all that stuff. But then you go and sit in the chairs and while they had kind of renovated the ceiling and stuff like that, the chairs hadn't changed since I, at least when I was a kid. So they were all ripped up. 
And it wasn't like, you know, most of the time when you go to movie theater now, we have like a really nice chair that reclines. Uh-huh. Or it was this like hard old school chairs. It was cold. You know, it was like, wait, why did I want to go here? Oh, because it's like, you know, old fashioned movie palace. So I think if, um, I think if Netflix uh, buys this place and they, you know, renovate it so that it maintains the the glamour mm-hmm. of old school Hollywood, but it has modern amenities like right. you know nice seats. Um, I think that would be modern. That would be wonderful. Modern and, projection, modern audio. Yeah. All while the all while that, looking like a classic. 1922 movie palace that would be amazing yeah. and that's that's kind of what they did with with the the paris and manhattan um which by the way is yeah. the sole surviving single screen uh theater in manhattan um you know they they brought it up to they they maintained its 1948 feel while bringing the technology up to date uh, and they did that last year uh and so now they'll have the bi-coastal thing. They'll have, you know, a nice Netflix-managed property in New York. They'll have a nice one in Hollywood. They'll be able to do these premieres on both coasts, do big events on both coasts. I think this is a, a good thing for Netflix, and I think it's a good thing for them to be to be thinking about because they, they could have bought an AMC in a couple of weeks for probably pretty cheap, but... <laughs> The idea. Oh, but that's a bigger commitment because right. then they have to run a whole. Well, they could have only I mean, they used could buy one branch of AMC. That, well, that's yeah. what I mean. They could have just bought an AMC theater, <laughs> just one yeah. one location, and only used multiple. a single. I mean, and only used a single screen, and it probably would have been almost free. But I like the idea that uh, that they're you know they're really leaning into this whole uh, modern and classic uh, combination feel. So I, I think that's a cool thing. Um, because they're trying to show that they are respectful of the industry that they're involved in, which, you know, uh, a couple of the big actors, I think, I think uh, Tom Hanks and George Clooney have been two of the loudest ones. I think that it's those two about how Netflix doesn't have respect for the industry and all that. And here they're showing, no, 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 this is a hundred year old movie theater. We're trying to keep it because it's important to the industry. So, I think it's good all around. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We had a number of people in the chat room. Um, thank you for that. Uh, if you didn't join us live, would like to in the future, Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us uh, and chat with us in the chat room during the show. We love that. Uh, if you aren't able to join us live, that is okay. You can always go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe, and there you'll see all of our shows, uh, including uh, F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a lot more, uh, and, uh, and all the different ways that you can subscribe. And uh, I think, oh, before we go, a reminder that this week through the Drew Project, we have those two events, uh, one on... Um, uh, kind of a, a race in America conversation and one about mental health uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. Check that out at the Drew Project on Facebook to see the calendar. And with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. 
Amen. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.